0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Day 20 Dudes, the tabletop role-playing game podcast where the die decides our topic. My name is Dylan.
1: I'm a Leon.
0: And this week we talk about introducing new players to an existing game. And this could mean the many things of which we shall now define. Number one, adding a literal new player to the game. They don't know how to play, now you must have of the teaching them. Poses many challenges, yes?
1: Yes, lots of challenges, as I have done so a couple times
0: and then it could be that perhaps and maybe that they are not new to the tabletop of the role playing or the game you was even playing, but perhaps just a new person to the group and you not know who this person is or how they do, and you must get to understand and know them intimately as you would own brother or sister or wife
1: or wife <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm new to this game. Did you know my character and your character are married now? It's like, ah, uh, what?
0: <laughs> so yes, let us begin on this topic. So introducing a new player, uh, regardless if they know how to play or not, can be a stressful experience because. Oh gosh, yeah. I if it's a friend, if it's somebody that everyone in the group knows and they know how to play the game, that is going to be your most seamless transition. Because that's basically just going to be figuring out how you're working the character into the current situation. Sometimes it's not immediately possible. you got to kind of travel down the road a little bit and get things moving that way. But if if you already get along with this person, you already kind of know their quirks and their ins and outs, and you're telling jokes, having a good time, and they know how to play the game, then that is the least amount of work you will need to do as a GM.
1: Because their chemistry has already been predetermined probably by being a friend of, you know, everyone else. And you don't have to, like, work around and be like, okay, is this person going to utterly destroy my campaign that I've already created? Or are they going to work well? We can have a blast with everybody here already involved.
0: And it's also, like, more than likely that maybe they don't know everyone at your table. Uh, There there will be some new introductions to be made. And there can be, like, you know, a little bit of, like, like they're trying to feel each other out and figure out, you know, how well they're going to get along. But usually that's that's your best case scenario. Everything is just already going to work itself out. It's pretty chill. You just basically play the game as normal. You just got one extra person at your table. Adjust your combat encounters to situ- to situationally um, fit that. Yeah. Um, now you can get to the point where maybe this person is a friend, but they don't know the system that you're playing. And at this point, you got to teach them as you're playing the game, um, which I honestly think is the easiest way to learn any tabletop system is to play it like you can, I can
1: get I can agree with that entirely because my first tabletop game myself, I think was either Pathfinder or Death Watch. And the only way I could understand any of those numbers and dice was to just jump in to both feet.
0: I mean, and some people do well reading and just comprehending how the game works that way. But like, I can tell you, I've read the Pathfinder Core Rulebook uh, cover to cover. Same thing with Starfinder, same thing with Wrath and Glory, same thing with Dark Heresy. And a lot of that stuff is like, yeah, you get kind of the concept, but it really just doesn't click. Those pieces don't really fully fit together in your mind until you're actually at the table putting it into practice and you say, oh, well, that's how this comes into play and this is how these die roll dice rolls work. Um, and teaching another player through that method, it can be a little messy, of course. They can't see inside your head, so they don't know everything you do, especially if you're experienced and they're not. You, you really got to be a role model, and uh, everyone else at the table has to be that role model as well. This person, if they don't know how to play, they're kind of looking to everyone else, even if they've read the book cover to cover as well. Even if you've taken some... Uh, you know, like little one-on-one time with them and had maybe like a little solo session, kind of trying to familiarize them with the system. It's a different beast entirely whenever they're sitting at the table and there's other people around and, you know, they're trying to figure out, are we going to get along? Are our characters going to get along? Are they going to be able to transition this character into the game seamlessly? Teaching them the game in that specific circumstance can be more challenging. Um, I think it's fairly rewarding. Uh, In my experience, Uh, this is actually how Bartlett got introduced into our friend group. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I had worked with him at Kroger for a little bit, and we kind of like chatted off and on. I didn't run into him very much. So he was that kind of like work guy who I got along with, but I didn't really know him. And then I stopped working at Kroger, so I, I didn't have any contact with him anymore. And then I just kind of went on for a while. And then at one point when I was starting a a Starfinder campaign, uh, Paul comes up. He's like, hey, I've got a friend who wants to sit in on a session and see if he would maybe like to join this group. And I was like, all right, cool. That's fine. Yeah. And I, I think as everyone was gathering at the apartment, I was like running some quick errand so that he had gotten there by the time I got back. And when I had gotten back, he was just there with my Starfinder core rulebook in his hand, filling out a character sheet. And I was like, oh, he's not just sitting in. He's just playing now.
1: <laughs> and I was like,
0: hold on. I know you. And he was like, yes, you do. So he just kind of threw Gorbash Milk Sopper into the, into the mix. And, you know, we ended up hitting it off really well with him. Bartlett's like one of the coolest dudes I know. And it, it ultimately just came down to... Um, you know, teaching him the system, which wasn't terribly difficult in retrospect because I was kind of teaching everyone the system at that point. And it was kind of easy anyway, because Starfinder is a little bit of a a watered down version of Pathfinder. So we had a, a fairly seamless transition, getting somebody new into a group and teaching them the game. Not quite the situation where, you know, there's an existing game, but there was an existing group that he had not yet been a part of and he had not yet been introduced to and because we just kind of got along well and we you know clicked with this person and he was a cool individual and he was willing to you know talk and joke with us and have a good time he just kind of seamlessly in- integrated and we just had a super easy time with it and then it just became a matter of teaching him the system teaching him how to play and getting all that set up it was a fun time
1: that's pretty cool yeah honestly um in a way, that's kind of how I kind of met my husband. Actually, is that he was GMing and um, I was the uh, new person, and they already had a campaign going, and I joined their game, and it was it's pretty cool. Like they they were really forgiving of me for the fact that I didn't know what the heck the universe was about or anything. So it was uh it was actually a pretty good integration because now I DM five E games, and I guess I could try doing Starfinder again. <laughs> But, uh, no, just that, that first experience is pretty awesome and made me want to continue.
0: And that's definitely a big part of it as well, is as much as this person needs to be able to kind of click with your group and integrate, you want to make a good first impression on them as well. You need to make sure that you're willing to teach them as much as they are willing to learn. Um, Absolutely. I had a friend at work for a little bit who uh, she had been interested in uh, tabletop games and she had attempted to play Dungeons and Dragons on several occasions with a group of friends that she had and it just never really got to click with her because as she came into play they didn't teach her how to make a character and once she figured that out like everyone there was just kind of like not really willing to interact with that character she was just kind of in the corner not really being um engaged with at all. Uh, the group already had their inside jokes. Their characters already had their relationships. And they, they just didn't put forth any effort into making her feel welcome in the group. So I think she said she went to like two sessions and then was just like, all right, clearly you don't even want to have me here as much as, you know, it's stupid that you invited me to be here in the first place if this was going to be the case. And she just stopped going. And that's always, that that's always a bummer, especially because that was her first time ever trying to do tabletop. And it just left a <laughs> sour taste in her mouth. So she kind of avoided tabletop in general. And that's definitely something you want to try and avoid is like pushing people away from the hobby because of you being negligent to a new player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. D- uh, just You want to avoid that at all costs. Make sure if you're going to add a new player into your game, even if they are a friend, even if, they already, even if they already know the system and they've got a character fully made and they already know what they're doing, you're adding a new person into an existing story they don't know what's happening the rest of the group kind of needs to be uh, willing to fill them in to give them information they don't have and make them feel integrated and part of the adventuring party whereas the gm needs to give that character their hook why is this character interested in being part of this group at all and make them feel engaged with and let them know that as much as I've already got this pre-established group and we already have a thing going, I'm going to make that effort to make you feel welcome and part of it so that you will be engaged and you will play.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a big part on the GM side is how are they integrated? Like, is there, you know, a process? And for me, whenever I have a new player join, because of circumstances, like maybe a player leaves or something or whatever, but um, whenever I have a new player join, it's usually gonna be like, well, I'm gonna put you at this point, you're not gonna immediately join the party because it would seem less cohesive. To be like, oh by the way, you know, you wake up and here's this new player, like, sitting in your wagon, eat your snacks and stuff. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, it is important to like actually write them in. Don't they don't just suddenly appear. That's not believable in any circumstance. If your characters have stopped for a rest somewhere, maybe they're a uh, you know, another traveler that they run into, or if they're out on the road you know, they can run into somebody on the road who's maybe in trouble and needs the party's assistance and then they end up joining up. Or even if you are already in a combat encounter and you want to integrate this person, you go through another turn or two. I don't know, maybe you have some circumstance come in where an enemy gets to drop on you in some way and this new character comes out of nowhere, sweeps in and saves the day. And then they're integrated into the group that way. But make sure that they feel engaged. Give that player a hook to actually wanna be part of the group engage with everyone else and be active. So th- Absolutely. Yeah. Those are two Those are two fairly good scenarios. Maybe scenario number 3 would be you've got somebody who knows the game, but they don't know the group. Maybe they know you and they don't know anyone else, or maybe they're like somebody's brother or cousin who's come in because they were interested and you don't know them, especially if it's short notice. I would definitely say take the time to, you know, talk with them for a little bit. Like, don't just jump into the session immediately. Have some time to let this new person, this new player who you don't know and is foreign to the group, kind of adjust to the group you're a part of. You know, like maybe talk, have some snacks, joke, and pal around for a little while before you start getting in. And then as you're going to start playing, kind of get everyone's attention and then speak to this person about, who this character they're gonna play is, um, what kind of their goals are, how you're going to try and integrate them, like get some ideas going of how you're going to try and add them to the current situation, or if they would you
1: recommend a session zero zero, like not zero, because you had that with your initial group, but like zero zero to get this person integrated, or would that be too much of a pause in your, in your uh, opinion? I think on a campaign itself.
0: I think if you know that this person is going to be brought in beforehand, like. Say if you're going to play your game on Sunday and the Wednesday leading up to it, this person says, hey, my cousin wants to come in. He's very interested in tabletop. Um, he knows the system, but you know, I just kind of wanted to let him have this chance at our group. At that point, you could try and set something up and say like, hey, maybe Um, in one of these days leading up to our session he could stop by and we could talk about it or maybe he shows up a little bit earlier than everyone else and we can talk about it for a little while in that situation I would definitely say that's a possibility because in that case you you have that extra time to kind of try and mesh yourself with this new player um, figure out what you're going to do and how you want to integrate them uh, kind of on a one on one but if this person just kind of at the last minute shows up like is often the case I think it's you know you, you kind of just want to get into things. It's I always think it's a bad thing to put everyone else on hold for the sake of one player, and I understand that sometimes that is a necessity in a game, but I actually learned from first hand experience like GMing this, that if you spend too much time dedicated to one player, all the other players are going to get bored and they're going to start getting like really pissed off that you're doing that. Um, because uh, that that was kind of the case with uh, Dinglehopper Staffing and Associates that Paul and I have talked about. His character just kind of made every effort to not be part of the group, and I would get engaged with his character, and we would end up playing, you know, just me and him for like two hours before we got to you know interact with the rest of the group, and then whenever I'm playing with the rest of the group, Paul has already made this decision that his character hasn't engaged with everyone else, and now Paul isn't getting to play. And Paul was pretty okay with that because he knew that he made that decision, that was on him, and he wasn't going to be upset that other people were taking time whenever he was a solo character. But then everyone else in the group, I, I remember specifically one session, they were like, you know, you were over there with him for two and a half hours, and we've just been sitting here doing nothing. Like, they were all mad at me. So, like... If you can just set aside like 15 to 30 minutes beforehand, especially if you can just have that person show up a little bit early. If you're going to bring someone new to a group and you're not the GM, like if you want to integrate somebody, like you've got a friend who wants to play and you want to give them that opportunity to be a part of your group, let your GM know ahead of time. And I understand that sometimes life gets in the way. And, you know, sometimes these things are just kind of last minute, like, you might be talking to your brother, and he'll be like, "Hey, what are you up to today?" And you'd be like, "Hey, well, I'm about to go out and play D and D with my friends." And he'd be like, "Oh, can I come?" And, and I would say, at least in that in that particular instance, we've all got phones these days. Send your GM a text and be like, "Hey, my brother at the last minute decided he wants to tag along. Is that okay?" So giving sure, yeah. Yeah, giving your GM some heads up in these situations is always a very good idea. Even if you know it's going to be short notice, it's better than no notice most of the time. And then you've got the final scenario. Which is, you've got a new player, you don't know him, he doesn't know the system, and you're basically just have a completely blank slate of a person. You don't know kind of their interests or their humor or anything, and you're just kind of trying to feel out this person as well as teach them in the system at the same time. And that's when, as a GM, you're going to be under the most duress because A, you got to get a feel for this guy. You got to know, is he going to mesh well with the rest of my players? Is he going to be, you know, friendly towards us? Is he going to share our sense of humor? And then B, past that, does it mean that he is going to be willing to put forth that effort to learn the system, to pick up what I'm putting down for him? Do I need to set aside a whole bunch of extra time to help him make a new character? Something like that. And in that instance, that's whenever you desperately want to have the most planning time for it. If you've got someone you want to integrate as a player, and you want to bring somebody along, and you know they know nothing about tabletop, And especially if it's last minute, like if you can't give any significant notice, like of a day or two or anything, I would say make sure that player just sits aside for one session. Let him interact with the group. Let him talk and, you know, chat and pal around and kind of get used to everyone. But he probably won't play session one when he shows up. I
1: know that I've had that instance where a friend of mine wanted to join in. And honestly, they just kind of observed and they grew more interested. But it seemed to like help the players get a little bit more comfortable with them too. So and
0: having it's angry, a good
1: opportunity yeah. to do that.
0: It, it, it's a very good idea to just kind of let them sit back and observe. And it, if they're completely new to tabletop altogether, this is really going to gauge their interest. Like, is this something they actually want to do? Maybe they show up and they watch this and they've heard all these cool tales about D&D, but then whenever they see that your session is mostly like political negotiation with the Duke of this place, and that's like kind of a common theme in your game He might not be interested in that, and he might just not want to be a part of it anyway. And that's cool. You've gotten that out of the way without building a new character and integrating him and figuring out putting forth all this extra effort only to find out that he doesn't actually want to play. Or if they've got any tabletop experience at all, maybe not even in the system that you're playing with, but anything at all. If they've played D&D and you're in Pathfinder, or if they've played Call of Cthulhu and you're playing um, Tenra... As long as they've got something, they've at least kind of got that flat basis of knowledge of like, this is how I roleplay and this is what I do. And that's gonna be like at at least a foundation that they can build up off of. At that point, it's mostly just letting them know the differences in the rules and how the system works and how your setting works. But if they've got no, no tabletop experience at all, definitely, especially if it's last notice, I would say have them sit in on one session, observe, talk to your players and get to know everybody. So that, you know, there's not immediately going to be some uh, some friction between new player and one of your existing players. And that's that's going to cause a lot of stress on everybody because whenever you've got people bumping elbows in that way and, you know, everyone's kind of watching it happen, it's going to be like, it's just going to be stressful for everyone. And honestly, I, I think kind of the biggest thing to take into account in all four of these situations is especially if you're the GM, is just pure amiability. If you're integrating somebody new and you're trying to teach them, or even if you're not trying to teach them, you're just trying to pull somebody in. You're trying to get them to be engaged, not only with you, but with all of your other players and with the world that you're creating. And you really got to put forward that effort. You've got to... So, Yeah.
1: here's a scenario for you. So let's say that you put everything forward for the person, you integrate them into the game, and then they just don't listen to you like they go off the wall with something that was not agreed upon or something that doesn't really fit into your world is there a way to just get them back on track or is there just a time when you just gotta say well it was a good trial but i don't think you're a match
0: yeah to a point you can definitely try and get them like engaged be like hey i understand that you have this vision for this character that you want to play but it really doesn't fit this world like if they make a character who's like a steampunk gunslinger and your world is pure low fantasy they're clearly just not going to fit in. And if they're not willing to budge on that and to make a character who fits the setting or if they even, even if they do and they make a character that fits the setting but they're just kind of grumbling and pouting about it and not having a good time and just kind of making it known that they're just displeased with it entirely, it is fine to say, listen, man, we gave it a shot, but I don't think this is going to work out. I don't think you're a good fit for the group. Maybe find another one. And you don't have to be a dick about it. It's just a thing that happens. Maybe they'll throw a fit. Sometimes that happens as well. But it's better to cut your losses than try and drag somebody through something they don't actually want to be a part of. Because if they don't want to be a part of it and they don't mesh and they're not fitting in well, then what they're ultimately going to become is a distraction for everyone else. Because at that point, they're going to be bored. They're not going to be role playing. They're going to be playing on their phone. They're going to be sharing memes with friends. They're just going to be doing anything else. And it's going to just be a distraction.
1: For sure. I've had that in some games or people, like, not necessarily brought in, but, like, people that have been playing initially were more interested in electronics because their character didn't really have the spotlight. But that's another thing that I think you covered before. But, like, uh, I've just had it to where I've had, like, new players join and then they don't interact with anybody. And then they're like, hey, guys, I'm not fitting in here, so I'm going to go. And I think that's good. I think that's okay to have people that just don't, that know they don't really mesh. And they're just like, well, I tried it and this doesn't really work for me. But, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities for where I am because I GM and so does my husband. Well, with certain situations right now, our games are put on hold. But there's a lot, of, like we had like the Rollgate interview. I've had some new players come and go in my Rollgate games. And sometimes it happens in a good way and sometimes it happens in a bad way. Like... Most people that I integrate in my games, I take good care of to to talk with them about their character, give them ideas of what they could do, and, um, you know, set limitations too. Like, your last player might have been someone who was really cool or not so cool, and then you could just set limitations based on that, knowing that maybe the person that was before them didn't really mesh well to begin with or something, or, um, you know, just situationally, like, what you need for your game. Like, A lot of people try to fill the role of a class that's not played yet in that campaign. I think that's okay, but I also go with the whole rule of thumb of like, play what you want to play. Don't play what you think is needed.
0: Yeah, definitely play to have fun, because if what you're doing is not going to be fun, you're just not going to have a good time, and then you become the distraction. And I do think that in kind of online mediums, um, like Rollgate, where you have play-by-post or play-by-chat, where things are kind of slower paced to begin with... You're going to have an easier time integrating somebody new anyway, just because you're not specifically gathering once a week. You don't have a group and you're not trying to plan and coordinate and do all these things. It's just kind of flowing naturally. So in that way, you can have a new person who comes up and wants to you know, say, hey, I'm interested in joining this game. Can I have a spot? You can say, hey this is kind of the humor this is the tone these are the characters and the themes and the setting and like is this something agreeable with you you could have like a discord to the side and you could have this person come in and chat with everyone beforehand and it's just kind of like an easier um, way to integrate new players i think because it's just a more slow-paced but natural you're not pushing everyone into a room and seeing what happens you're letting everyone in their own time figure out is this going to work and it is this the group for me? But I think that's just about all I've got for this week. Unless there's anything you want to add, Miss Leon?
1: There is a couple things I want to add. I just have to remember them. Hold on a second. <laughs> so, like, uh, also I've had, like, an issue in, like, play-by-chat about wait lists. I have people that, you know, post in the public chat, hey, I'm interested in joining this game. And what I usually do when I have, you know, people that want to join... Is I go ahead and I check out their profile to see how active they are. Like if they're they've been posting, you know, in the last month. Sure, I'm more inclined to put them into my game or you know send a shout out to them. And be like, hey, are you still interested? You know, in this game that I'm running, or um, you know. If the first person who commented is usually what I go after, but if they have not been active for, like, five months, I'm not exactly willing to be like, oh yeah, I'm a spot just opened up my game. Because if you have, like, a, a fast-paced game or a game you want to keep running at a certain level or pace, then I'm more interested in getting them, you know, into their level of pace they want to go. A lot of my games are slow because I've been quite busy doing real-life stuff, so...
0: I have a girlfriend, IRL. You don't know her, she goes to another school.
1: (laughs) Wow. Um, But, yeah. So, just, uh... I find that if you have more than one person wanting to join the game, but you only have X amount of players, try not to overwhelm yourself, as a new GM especially. Like, for one game, I had a lot of players, and I'm like, this is a little overwhelming. I don't know if I can handle this. But with smaller grouped games like that's really good you can pay good attention to everybody and maybe we should have an episode on that i'm not really sure but like if you're starting out having four to five people is good like if you're just starting you just kind of want to put your foot in the water three players is is what i will go with but if you have all these people wanting to come in say that you lost a player and you have like four other people lined up only fill one slot
0: i would honestly because... say as a new gm give yourself a hard cap of four players because that's honestly what most tabletop games account for in their kind of level of challenge in combat situations they, they kind of expect you to have four people as a base i know D D and pathfinder both say hey this is like a challenge rating system and four players is like the base of what that challenge rating is based off of if you have less you need to adjust if you have more you need to adjust so I would I would cap it at four if you're a new GM.
1: I can see that, for sure. I, I think that's a, a good idea. Like, three is what I would do. Like, like it's a new GM, though, if you want to run... You know, this goes back to other basic things, but if you want to run your first game and you had to replace one of your newer players, I would say three is good, but pick your friends because at least you know they're, that they'll be willing to listen to you as a GM. And that's probably another off-topic thing that's not exactly in line with... <laughs> You know, replacing players and or like you know, adding new players into a game that's already running. Problem players um,
0: are always going to be problem players. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: And I would say, um, even in those, in a lot of these situations, you're just as a GM, don't be afraid to say no if you feel like a person just isn't going to be a good fit. If you've already got enough people, and you think that adjusting combat encounters and all that stuff is going to be too hard of a time with another person and this guy says, hey, I really want to bring my cousin in or whatever, I want to bring my friend in, you can just say, I know this is your friend or this is your cousin or whatever, but I've already got enough players I don't need any more." That's perfectly acceptable for you to do. Just, you know, don't be a dick about it. For sure. Anything I else don't to know add? if
1: I have anything else to add.
0: Okay, so uh, if not, then I think that's a pretty good episode. So, Leon, do you have it?
1: No, I always Again. It at my desk. Yeah. Again? I move my desk into the kitchen, and my other desk is in the living room. I have two desks. I'm special. You know what?
0: I've got a d20 right here, so we're just going to roll this cool. one. Uh, okay, so we're going to roll that die and see what next week's topic. Spin the wheel of the... I dropped it. It fell. <laughs> this 13. This is what happens when you
1: roll dice. 13.
0: <laughs> Adapting a character to your system. So sometimes you you want to have a character from uh, popular media, and you kind of want to adapt them into a system that you want to do. Or say you've got a D and D five e character, and you're moving over to Pathfinder, and you want to adapt that character. We're gonna kind of go over some ins and outs of how to do that in next week's episode. So thank you everyone for listening. I love you.
1: Thank you. Find you're us all great.
0: on Facebook. We got Twitter at d20dudes on Facebook, at d20dudes on Twitter. We've got a Patreon going. Search us for d20dudes. And as always, there's a link to our Discord in the description of every episode. Uh, Thanks, big thankies from McSpankies to my patrons. A lot of them have uh, recently upped their pledges. And uh, my Patreon is actually profitable now. (laughs) So (laughs) the Patreon's actually... was in
1: like a dollar a month or something.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's getting close, like uh, $16, $17 a month now like I'm up, um, which still, it's not like a huge amount. I'm probably going to like possibly look through all of my own, uh, Patreon subs and like maybe pare some things down, um, for like things that, you know, I don't really use or I'm not really as interested in anymore. Try and increase that a little bit. And hopefully as the next few months roll out, maybe we'll get some new people in, uh, sincerely hoping we do. Um, and if we get some more patrons, we start getting a little bit more money in, I'm going to get that website up and going. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll have a little extra time to start working on some of these other little side projects that I've been teasing about. I've already added a few of those things um, into the Discord that I'm currently working on, you know, making some fun little voice clips in the ten setting that I've got running. Um, so if you're interested in hearing about that stuff, definitely join our discord. We'll love to have everyone in there and chat with you guys. If you want to ask us any questions or just talk with us, the hosts and creators.
1: Or, you know, see all our nerdiness for real, in yeah. real time.
0: Watch <laughs> us, watch us have our emotional breakdowns as we do on a near daily basis.
1: <laughs> that's, that's very true actually. <laughs> a lot of us have cried in there and shed tears and freaked out and threw tables. Yeah, we oh,
0: yeah. threw tables. We, we're, we're rex just we're
1: very (laughs) we're very welcoming yeah we love to have you just just be sure to dodge the flying tables and throw and the flying dice i guess too
0: and uh you know i also as a host of the show and and leon also as a host we we frequently like we'll stream games and stuff in the discords
1: (laughs) it's a good time
0: so uh defs join us if you're interested in any of that stuff so thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you in next week's episode bye bye
1: goodbye Goodbye. He's weird. <laughs>